Tribe Talk. Tribe Talk is a podcast created to help elevate your life through real talk, true stories, and great debates with some fun sprinkled in. We dive into all things lifestyle, health, and wellness to expand your knowledge and guide you towards living your healthiest, happiest life. So hi, Tribe. We have got a really special episode for you today. We have got the incredible Barbie Holmes, who is a lifestyle model and actress, and she's here to talk about her life after retiring from a 30-year teaching career at the age of 57. She realized her lifelong dream to become a lifestyle model and actress. So hello, Barbie. Hello. Lovely to meet you. We're so excited. Thank you so much. So it's a great you- opportunity. Yes, awesome. So would you like to tell us a bit about your story and what happened when you decided to go into modeling and what was the kind of catalyst for all this? Oh my goodness, yes. Well, <laughs> I um, I did what most young women do. You know, you follow the, the path that you're expected to take, the one that's most reasonable and the one that kind of your parents are expecting you to take as well. So I went to university and became a teacher, although my my um, first intent was to become a, a lawyer. But that didn't seem practical enough. So I put that aside, and I, I did become a teacher, got married, had a baby early on, and um, was into a, a marriage that was that just wasn't right from the beginning. But I went through the motions for forever and ever, it seemed, and it was a toxic relationship where my... my um, my self-limiting beliefs were even exacerbated more with a poor body image, um, and just a just a general uh, feeling that I was never good enough. But I did ma- manage to um, have this wonderful long career at teaching and raise two beautiful children. Then, um, throughout all of this chaos, I did have an eating disorder. I was bulimic for decades hid behind that dark secret that many people experience. Um, and then I, um, I finally left my first marriage, and I fell deeply in love with uh, an American, because I'm originally from Canada, <laughs> and I uh, fell deeply in love with a, a fellow, but we met online, which was not the, the best scenario starting out. There weren't even dating sites at that time. It was just a chat room and no, vi- no audio, just a... a not even any video. You were just typing back and forth. But the short of the long is that uh, we we fell in love and got married. We had a long-distance relationship for a number of years. I moved to California and continued my teaching career. I actually retired twice from teaching, thinking that I was done. But I went back yearning for more. I missed the kids. I just felt that I wasn't finished. However, the last time I retired, I took a deep, long, hard look at what was going in in my life, and I knew the number one thing I needed to to repair was my eating disorder and my self-body image and self-limiting beliefs. So I worked really hard on that and realized that modeling was something that I always wanted to do. And that stems back to early on when I was launching my teaching career, there was an opportunity for me to do some modeling and I never followed through with that. I had my, my daughter, she was born after she was born. I thought, Oh my gosh, maybe I should try this modeling opportunity again. I, I did have a callback, but I didn't pursue it. I had self-limiting beliefs. I didn't have the support I needed from family and friends. I just thought it was pie in the sky. So I put it aside, but the nudge was always there, was always there. And I think if you put something aside and you think you've dealt with it, you never really do. Um, so through all of this internal journey and healing my eating disorder, I realized this was the time to do it. And I was living in Los Angeles. It was a no-brainer that I should just step out the door and hit the streets and see what would happen. So that was uh, probably, yeah, it's October now, so one year ago today, I launched my career, and I honestly have to say, I have been so busy. 
I have book jobs almost every single week. I have to book off from my agent. It's just really been a ride. I realized I don't have to be a size zero. I just have to be me and confident in my ability. And suddenly all this opportunity opened up for me. So that's kind of in a nutshell how this all came to be. There's lots of gaps and spaces to fill in. Um, but that's where I am today. And now here I am on Instagram. I've got like 11,000 followers and I just didn't even know what Instagram was a year ago. It's just really, really been a ride. Yes. That's incredible though. And I think being able to, you know, find that, that freedom, um, you know, at, at a later stage in life, you know, you've still got so obviously so much ahead of you, especially in your career, but that must've felt, did it, did it feel like quite a, a big step to, to go there from, from your career or, or did it kind of feel like you were coming home? It was, it was the scariest thing I've ever done. I have never been so afraid, but at the same time determined because I had come to the realization that without the risk, there is no gain. And to live the rest of my life with regret was more frightening to me than to step out and take, take the risk to do something. So it's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, I was terrified, absolutely terrified, shaking in my boots when I went to that first audition. Like, what the hell am I doing? I don't even, I don't even know what I'm doing. But there was a piece of me that was not going to give in. And for, you know, at some point I summoned, summoned the courage and I summoned the energy in that direction. That was more powerful than my fear. I had to walk through the fear. I love that. And it's, I find it so inspiring because, you know, I'm, I was 29 last year and I went through a career transition, which I'm still kind of going through at the moment. Um, but even at that stage, I thought, am I too old for this? You know, should I be doing this or should I be sticking with the thing that I've been doing for the last nine years? And it was so scary to to take that leap into such an unknown territory and also to have people around you who, you know, were kind of saying, you know, you should stay with this. People, you know, throughout my whole life, I've been, I've jumped from all these different careers, but the way I was looking at it was like each of these different kind of areas that I've been in, instead of feeling, you know, guilty for leaving them behind and moving on to something new, I could look at them and see that it caused me some, like I was growing in certain ways and I was learning so much from them that that was leading up to ultimately what I really wanted to do. Did you find that you had people, you know, kind of telling you that you couldn't do it or did you have support from everybody? Early on in my in um, my life, I, you know, when I look back to the young girl when she was 20 years old and she was going to university, before she was married, before she had children, if I look back at that girl and I could have a conversation with her today, I would say, you can do anything you want. Absolutely anything that you want. I realize that today, but it took me decades to figure it out. I was always a people pleaser, like you say, worried about what people are thinking and not honing into my, my true direction. I would always, and even to, to, to today, worry about that one negative comment that someone might make to me. You know, I would have a hundred positive things going on in my life, but there would be that one negative, you know, off the cuff comment or something that would be enough for me to doubt myself. Um, when I moved into my, when I married my first husband, it was toxic from the beginning. It was all, you know, control and mind games and uh, sad saga of infidelity and, and lying and untruths. But I felt that it was all my fault and that I could correct it. Um, my family were not always supportive of me wanting to go off and, and do out of the box sort of things because it was a very traditional hardworking family and you just toe the line because you can't take the risk that you won't be able to put food on the table at the end of the day. So I had that, that upbringing where you just be sensible, responsible and take care of, take care of your, <laughs> your tribe. And also, uh, um, and in a marriage where it was all control 
And the best way to keep me under control was to sabotage any, any things that I might want to do that were solely for me. And sadly, the way I dealt with all of the toxic, you know, the toxic energy and the, the bl emotional blackmail was I hid behind an eating disorder. I would exercise excessively, constantly, constantly weighing myself, looking in the mirror, criticizing all the time. And even though there were, I look back, there were pivotal people in my life who were trying to redirect me and who were trying to set me straight and give me the encouragement that I needed. But there was a sort of sick safety in being the victim because it was too scary not to be the victim. And maybe I didn't deserve better. So it was a real journey of realizing that, you, you know, that pay attention to those key people who come into your lives or those opportunities that really are, they seem too true to be good, good, you know, too good to be true rather to seize on those and pay attention to them. And if I look back, I brushed them off. I didn't, I, you know, I, I didn't hang on to them. Um, and what other people have to say and think about you is not important because for every there is someone out there who will help you, who will guide you, but you have to be willing to accept that, that responsibility to yourself and seize upon it. Yeah. I think what you said about um, kind of staying safe really, well, it really resonated with me because I, 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 I hadn't eaten disorder for many, many years. So I kind of get, that feeling of you know that you're miserable but you're safe in that kind of that position because you know what you know exactly what what it is what happens you're miserable but if you were to step out of that comfort zone and try something different try and you know get you know get better or or, or look for something that will enrich your life a little bit more you don't know what will happen and then that's that fear of failure um and I think being perpetuated by, you know, your, your ex-husband at the time must have been quite, quite trapping. Um, what was it that, that made you kind of sit back and realize, I don't, I, you know, I deserve more? Was there a moment or it was, it, was it a gradual culmination of events? It was a gradual culmination of events that happened, but I grew you know, you, I, I look at I look at people's lives like a, a you know a tire on a car, and there's only so much tread. And once that tread starts to get very thin, there's a reckoning that there's there's a timeline, and you need to do something. And I realized that I needed to leave my first marriage. That was number one. I needed to eliminate toxic people from my life, my life, and I also needed to deal with my eating disorder. But the eating disorder was always the last priority because it was something I thought, that's my little dark secret. And um, it's, you know, I know it's not what I should be doing, but you know what, nobody knows about it. And so I can deal with it. You know, I, I can't, I can't worry about that. So I had to leave the husband and I had to eliminate some, um, some people in my life that were, were not good for me. And uh, then one of the biggest things that I did was reach out on the internet to this perfect stranger. I just sat down at my computer, you know, feeling like total crap that, that I wasn't worthy of everything that all men on the earth were absolute rubbish. Uh, I sat down to this chat room and I'm up in Canada and the locations, you could pick a different location where you could talk to someone. So I choose Texas and I just click on this, this, this name of this guy that says Texman 41. And we start chatting and we're just typing back and forth. And there was this energy. There was just this great rapport. And so we kind of left it and, you know, talked to a few other people. I want to call it talking. Amy. It was just messaging. And, you know, we'd always come back to, though, he's out back online again. I'll talk to him. And started talking to him on the phone. And he was a real catalyst in, 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 in my recovery because I found someone who was really genuine and authentic, who could see my value without any preconceived notions, without any conditions. And time after time after time, he was consistently the same person. 
always. And I did a lot to sabotage uh, my relationship with him. But the short of the long of it is that uh, we endured a long distance relationship. I moved to the U.S. to Los Angeles. And um, he said, you know, do whatever you want. What is it that you want to do? I didn't have the courage to even um, think about it. It was just too much. It would have been what I had dreamed of all this time to have the opportunity to do what I want. And suddenly it was in my lap and I couldn't move. I was stuck like in cement. So I decided I'll go back teaching. I'll go back teaching because I know how to do that. And then the opportunity was there again. So now what are you going to do, Barbie? What are you going to do? We have all this time. Um, I'm your biggest cheerleader. Just get out there and do it. And I couldn't do it. And I realized the reason I couldn't do it was because I hadn't solved the, the eating disorder. I hadn't solved, uh, I hadn't healed my relationship with food and my body image. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with Mel Wells and the Goddess Revolution, but yes. um, yeah, that was pivotal. That, that, well, that was the key that got me, that got me going. And it was through my daughter, actually, because I noticed that, I mean, she was, she had, had very, very many behaviors similar to me around food. And I mean, she learned them from, from me. It, it, it was obvious. And she read Mel's book first and she said, Oh my God, mom. She said, you have to read this book. You have to read this book. And I thought, why would I need to read the book? You know, I, I, I've been dealing with this eating disorder for decades and you know, it's just always with me and, and I, I can fix it at any time. But I read the book and it was like, Holy cow. Wow. This makes so much sense. So my daughter and I, we took the Academy together and then from that point, um, I dug a little deeper with Mel, with um, uh, a, a smaller group of uh, women gathered together. And we, we searched for purpose and meaning and more spirituality. And it was through all of that digging and all that homework and all that headwork that I realized that modeling was a thing that I wanted to do. And so Mel said, well, you want to model? Then how about, you know, model some of my t-shirts so that's how it all started and uh, I don't think I could have could have done this without some type of structure to help me bit by bit chip away and come to the root of what I needed to heal and how it suddenly opened up so much more for me you know her second book is um, something about being more so much of uh, Hungry, hungry for more. more, hungry for more. That's right. Yeah, it's absolutely true. You get rid of all that garbage that's weighing you down. You exercise that, and suddenly there's opportunity. Things just, you know, your life is lighter. There's more peace. It sounds cliche, it really does, but it's just been a profound transformation for me. That's not to say I don't have down days, that's not to say I don't battle with self-deprecation and, and um, anxiety and fear. For example, you know, a, a big audition will open up for me and I'll get a call back to go to the audition, meaning, you know, there's only three or four people and they're going to decide whether or not they want you for the job. And I get struck with horror and I think, oh, well, I can't go. I'm sick. Uh, I can't go. <laughs> you know, oh, my, the traffic's too heavy. All of these crazy things come into my mind. So I always, um, you know, nipping that fear and anxiety in the bud it seems but I can honestly say that I do view my my body size and the vessel that I'm given to live in I do view it as um, a temple and I do honor it because so many women my age do not have the honor or the privilege to wake up to a new day they're gone. They, they don't get to see their grandchildren. They don't get to embrace another um, restart or a new career. You know, they don't, they don't get to count the gray hairs or the wrinkles. And that is a gift. It takes it's a lot of head work to realize that. But I would say to young people, young women like yourselves who are, you know, maybe going through similar things is that deal with it now, not later. You know, deal with it on a daily basis, whatever it is that you have to do to create a positive environment for your thoughts that revolve around food and body image because that self-love is going to catapult into amazing things for you your loved ones 
it really is a game changer. I love that. Yeah, no, we do. That feeling so good. That's what you're saying. It's so true. It, it really is very true. It is. And if I could turn back time, I mean, the famous words, right? If I could turn back time, it's just, I'm like, I look back at myself and I think, are you kidding me? You thought you couldn't do that? You thought you had to stay in this environment? You know, you thought you weren't pretty enough. You weren't smart enough. You weren't tall enough. You know, you weren't thin enough. Um, you're, you know, you weren't smart enough. No, 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 no. Get rid of all that crap. Get rid of it. Oh my gosh. It's just, and I don't know why there's a commiseration among women as well. Some people, some dig a hole and then it's like, come on, Elle, you, you find these friends who will dig the, dole, the hole deeper with you and you're just walling or wallowing around and all of this muck and you're stuck with friends who are stuck the same way, which I think once you break away, you really truly find who your supportive friends are because if they're, you're not wallowing in the muck with you, they sometimes want to um, not support you or kind of break down um, the relationship or the friendship or sabotage things in a, in a way that's only reflective of their own hurt and their own, their own um, you know, bad ways that, that, that they're living their life. Yeah, it's it's, it's, cer- it's certainly not easy. Yeah, yeah. I've been so much of what you're saying is so resonating with me because I've had so much of my life I would put off things because of my weight, and I would think, you know, I can't do this until I lose weight, or you know, I can't do this until then. And even oh, exactly even <clears throat> in recent times, you know, I've I just signed up for yoga teacher training, and for so long I had it in my mind I wanted to do it, but I was like you know, I need to be stronger, I need to be slimmer, like, I don't look like a typical yoga teacher, and <laughs> like, that's so stupid, like, why are you having, yeah. it? like, it doesn't make sense, and I've just, and I spoke to the girl who is um, taking the training, and she's like, no, like, that's such a silly thing to think, like, you can do it, anyone can do it, and I'm like, yeah, that's true, <laughs> but you just, these thoughts just come up, and you just have to fight through them, and still do the things you want to do like don't let it stop you doing anything in your life or you're gonna you know like yourself like you're gonna get to later in life and think I could have done all that then if you know I didn't have all these fears and limiting beliefs around myself and my body it's just really resonating it's well it I mean so many women go through so much of this and I do think it's important to to find support I mean whether it's a Facebook group or whatever you know you gals are doing here there need you, you it's hard to do it alone and you need to reach out to people you need to um, you know sign up for if it's an online course or like you say you know do you know do the yoga classes I mean meet people um, whatever it is to be to surround yourself with positive energy and like-minded people, people, uh, people and opportunities that will build you up. You know, we can say, we can speak, you know, we can talk the talk, but walking the walk is harder. And I think that you need the fellowship of people to support you. And that's one of the positive things about social media. It gets such a bad rap, but truly there's so much help out there and there's people just like you and suddenly it's not so shaming to share these you know thoughts or um, behaviors that you're exhibiting you know it takes away a lot of that the shame and um, the, the guilt that it's okay you know you're you're human and, and guess what there's a thousand other people doing the same crappy thing you're doing and so find a way to you know, gather people together so that that you can focus on positive outcomes and the self love thing is the is the most important. Yeah, that is absolutely the most important. And, and to find women and people who want the best for you and want the best for one another, it's not a competition. And that sometimes is is uh, is a hard thing to do, but. I find is and in this business, man, it's competitive like you wouldn't believe. However, mm-hmm. the women who, who have reached my stage of the game, it seems to have softened, you know, because there's so many life experiences that that the peaks and the valleys that create 
a common denominator. You don't get to midlife without your fair share of tragedy and hurt and dis- disappointments. You don't get there without that. Nobody's immune to that. When, you know, with younger um, women starting out, I think that the ego can play a really big role in, um, in, you know, in keep in head that headstrong focus. And I think that being headstrong is really, is really valuable, but not at the expense of uh, tearing other people down. Mm. I've, I've, I, oh, sorry, Emily. <laughs> no, you go. Um, just what you're saying about, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people. And I've like, I've noticed that, the difference in my life from separating from people who were in my life who you know looked down on people who you know are bigger you know slated people for the way they looked and I was surrounded in this environment for quite a while and Mm -hmm. it made me even more self-conscious about how I looked and you know they would speak about people having stretch marks and cellulite and I'm I'm sat there with stretch marks and cellulite and thinking oh my gosh I'm not good enough like I can't wear shorts or a bikini because this person might see and they will um you know think I'm just horrible and you know so I was surrounded in this environment and it really brought me down and I was in such a rough place in my life but when I separated from it and um, these other people started coming into my life, like amazing, positive people like Emily. And surrounded <laughs> myself with these people and just soaked up everything they had to offer. It just, my life completely changed from that point forward. So like what you're saying is so true about that. that yeah, I think, change sorry. Surrounding yourself with people who are there to like lift you up and don't care what you look like. They they want to know you as a person instead of how you look. That's right. <clears throat> They're tapping into, you know, into, into the soul, right? They're looking into your essence mm-hmm. and that's, that's what connections, connections are. And also there, there's so much, um, uh, Mel had a post up the other day. I'm not sure if you saw it. And she talked about how we have to unlearn everything about especially about food but also about relationships just to unlearn it because we need to relearn and do it from a a place of non-judgment you know a place of of self-love so that we can just make new um, decisions about where we're headed and when it comes to dieting you know unlearn everything about dieting and just just eat like you know it's your it's the first time you've eaten this food make your own decisions on whether or not it feels good to eat it whether it you know it feels nourishing you know whether it's something that you would choose to revisit so i thought that that was a brilliant a brilliant concept and in, in you know that, that spans across all of the issues that we're facing from food to emotions to um social issues is just to try to get to a blank slate and experience these things as if it was the first time and then formulate our own mindset around it. I just, I just think that's, that's genius. Mm. One thing um, I, I picked up on. So you actually answered one of my questions that I had for you, which was kind of, what would you say to a younger version of you? But you kind of (laughs) covered that, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, I talked to her a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask about, um, you know, meeting your, your husband in the chat room. Um, and it, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes me giggle a little bit cause I've met my husband on a dating app as well. And I can't imagine what it would be like to, you know, turn up. I mean, it can happen. I know sometimes, but to turn up and not really know what that person looks like. <laughs> what was that? What was that moment? Were you, were you oh, worried? Oh my gosh! He, you know, well, turned out to be a woman, or <laughs> <laughs> well, so we were so far apart. He was in Texas, and I was up in Canada, and um, we did start talking on the phone, so I could hear his voice. So, so yes, it was a man, <laughs> and uh, then we exchanged photos on email. But I mean, how do you know? This picture could be like 10 years old. It could not even be the same thing. But he said, I really, really want to meet you face to face. So, you know, it's a big difference in, in, in distance, right? Huge. We're mm-hmm. two opposite, opposite ends of the continent. And I thought, 
I will have the greatest regret if I don't meet this man because it was just, it, it was something, I mean, the connection was undeniable for, for certain. And I said, I do not want to live my life with this regret of not meeting this man. So I did a background check on him. <laughs> That's the first thing I did. Make sure that he really is who he is. He works where he's supposed to work. And, you know, the address matched, matched up. How and did so, you do that? Oh, it's, I paid it's for it. Yeah, I, I got online and I did, I Googled the background search thing and I paid this money. I paid money. And I got the report back and it's like, I don't know, maybe a private investigator stalked him. I don't know. But I tell him this story and he says, I can't believe you did that. I said, oh, no, but if you have daughters, you would want them to do this. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, um, because there was just no other way I could find out if this was really him, you know, the, 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 um, the internet is much more refined now. I mean, we're doing a live talk right now. You know, I'm under real deal. Yeah. And I know you are too. But uh, anyway, we decided we were going to get together for a weekend. So we had a, this meeting place set up. So we flew each from different parts of the country and we we met up for a weekend and absolutely instantaneously, without a doubt, I crumbled in this man's arms as if I had known him for 10,000 years. It was that immediate and um, knew from that moment on that he was the one logistically we had a lot of stuff to figure out so we had a long distance relationship for quite a while before I could before we got everything figured out with family and logistics in terms of who's going to live where and what's going to happen but he was very very patient with me and he truly is my knight in shining armor I mean that sounds hokey I know but really he I would, I would crawl into this cave. I would call it the, the cave of my, my eating disorder. And we would go into this dark place and I would kind of cut the world off when things got to seem too great or too grand or too big for me. Like, how can this be my life? So I would retreat into this sort of dark area um, with the self-deprecating thoughts and the self-limiting beliefs and, I thought, I'm going to sabotage this before somebody else has time to do this for me. I'm going to, if I'm just going to break down, it's going to be on my terms, not anybody else's. And he would reach in and he would pull me out and he would hold me closer and he would hold me tighter. And he would say this, you know, you can do, you can act any way you want, but I know the true person. I know who you are. And um, you can kick and scream and you can, you can have a, a little fit, but I'm going to hold you close because you mean that much to me. So, and I've known the man for 17 years now and not a day goes by that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't hold me tight and value the human being that I am and the value that I, that I have on this earth. So there are remarkable people out there. There really are. And I, you know, I maybe met some along the way, but I wasn't in the headspace to pay mind to them. So I really want to, um, I want to say husbands <laughs> take notes. Yes. <laughs> want notes on, on relationships. You go to Barbie's husband. Because that, that is yeah. Mom. Yeah. Well, I mean, he didn't, you know, his first marriage didn't work. He was with the wrong person and, you know, so things, things were not good for him for a long time either. He worked at trying to reconcile and, you know, trying to, to make his marriage work and it was just not a fit. And he said he knew from the beginning it wasn't a fit, but he was expected to do that. You know, he was expected to finish university, get the job, get the wife, have the babies and off you go. And he said, no, he knew right from the beginning that she wasn't, he knew he could make a life with her, but he knew that, you know, that she, he wasn't deeply, deeply in love, but he was expected to do that. So um, it's not because, you know, they were having a baby too soon or anything like that. It was just, that's the thing that you do. Mm. So it's not only just women who fall into that expectation trap. I think there are a lot of men who, you know, they, they are forced to, you know, their parents expect them to take a certain, um, line in life for second, you know, special, a certain road. Maybe they're expected to to become a doctor, lawyer, whatever it is, or they're expected to take over the family business and it's the last thing on earth they want to do. And they put aside a lot of their hopes and dreams or they have 
uh, families with, you know, a lot of children and they're the breadwinners and they don't have a choice to step away to choose a different career. So I don't think it's, and I mean, I know there are a lot of men that, that have eating disorders as well, but I don't see support groups for them. Um, mm. And it's, it's largely a female, female problem, but I do often worry about young, young men who are expected to look and be a certain way. There is, there is one for men, and I cannot for the life of me remember who it is, but there is a man who does it. I'm sure Mel on Instagram. About him. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. A while back. I think it was Mel and there definitely is, but he was this was this could have been a couple of years ago I seen this, but I thought that's that's amazing that somebody has, you know, taken notice that it's not just a problem for women, but it's a problem for men as well. And yeah, I absolutely find out who it is and tell you. <laughs> I know who it is. I can, I can. His. I think his name's Ryan. I want to say his name's Ryan because we've got him on our list of people to talk to. Oh, fabulous! Oh, I that know. is so wonderful. I'm so happy to hear that. But I can't remember his Instagram tag. But I will. I will find it. And I'll let you know. <laughs> wonderful. Let me know. I'm going to start following him. Yes. Yeah, we need to get him a campaign to get him onto the tribe talk. Yeah, you can chat all fabulous. about. But yeah, no, I completely agree. I think, I mean, I teach um, I teach some young people because I'm I'm a Pilates teacher, um, and you know when you get talking to younger people, you you kind of find out a little bit about what goes through through their heads, and and even some of the people that I speak to, they are even at, at you know fifteen, um, they're so aware that there is such a difference in mental health treatment for men and women like boys and, and mm-hmm. girls because mm-hmm. and young young men especially they are they get to a, an age where suddenly you know they have to become you know we like a lad you know they talk about girls and they don't talk about their feelings and they're masculine and and it can really and it means that they they kind of shy away from how they actually feel and put this big persona on for years That's right. so i think it's is so important for for more men to speak out about it because there are so many people out there struggling you know i was in treatment with um men that had eating disorders and had addiction problems and you know it really opened my eyes up because you you hear the statistics but you you never really see them in light in real life um, and I think that's one of our problems is that because there are more women, because, you know, we're women, we generally talk a lot more. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so our voices are heard a little bit more on the subject, perhaps, because maybe we are a mm-hmm. little bit more confident to, to speak out or we feel that there are more of us around. So we feel safer, perhaps. But no, I completely agree with you that there. Yeah, I have... Great a question for you yes slightly off off the cuff a little bit um I wondered so I read that you are a bit of a a secret stand-up comedy fan (laughs) and I wondered if you had any experiences of you know like a really awkward audition or a really bad audition that you could take to the stage like is there would you would there be like a part like a a key moment in your audition process where they asked you to I don't know when I when I um auditioned for drama school they asked us to be animals wearing clothes on a catwalk oh gosh um, yes yes <laughs> you have uh, any of them oh yes well there was one and we had to sing and it it was just um we had to just, suddenly they just, it was just sing your favorite song or sing a song that, that you like. I don't sing a thing. And first of all, my mind went completely blank. I, <laughs> and I completely lost all the lyrics I've ever had ever in my life. So what came to me was this silly little song that I, like, I think I learned it at Girl Scouts or something about a boy and a girl in a little canoe, you know, and it's just a stupid little thing. I was absolutely mortified because, um, you know, there were, we went in in sets of four. And so I was the first person off the bat who had to sing. And so I choose this stupid little nursery rhyme thing. Well, 
course, the other three people had a little more time to think about uh, think about it. And two of them were obviously um, singers. They had wonderful voices. <laughs> and, you know, they're singing R&B or Michael Jackson or, you know, some Barbara Streisand thing or something. Anyway, it was, I was absolutely mortified. But I guess the point of the audition was not, had nothing to do with what you sing or how you sing. It was how you reacted to that question, right? Mm. And so immediately I just went into this funny, this sort of comedic a role of singing a little nursery rhyme or some silly song that I knew when I was six years old. And I think it, it was fine. I pulled it off, but inside it was absolutely dying. But that was my default. You know, it was like, okay, well, you don't really know then try to be funny. And um, sometimes that really works. Mm. To make all the difference, can't it? If you can learn to like, if you can laugh at yourself, you can kind of be. Yes. And I can tell you that that has saved my sanity more times than not. Is just, uh, you know, to just, to just look at things from uh, a point of, of humor. And um, boy, I guess sometimes it gets a little dark and it gets a little sick and that maybe has something to do with where you are in your life. <laughs> and other times it's more lighthearted and uh, a little bit more um, appropriate for the family. But I do have, I do relish a really good co- um, comedy stand-up routine that uh, can be off color and dark as long as it's funny Mm. yeah I'm all about that I mean like I don't know if it's being English but we've got like black humor oh I love I love oh I just love the British humor yes and (laughs) Canadian humor Canadian humor is very much like that a Mm. lot of the um, comics that that break through into the U.S. come from Canada through SNL or whatever venue they come through but you're right. It just just takes the edge off of life, doesn't it? It just mm-hmm. it's brilliant. If you could perform on stage with one other comedian, if you could do a, a stand-up routine and and perform with one other <laughs> well, person, yeah. who would it be? Oh my gosh, I would I would pick Ellen Ellen DeGeneres. I love her. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely love her. She, I mean, her humor is very clean, uh, but it's spot on and really funny. So I think we'd make a good balance because I could say something off color and then she could uh, bounce it the other direction. Oh my gosh. You have to put that out in the universe. 100%. I'll have Be to like, hasht- hashtag Ellen. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Ellen. You need this woman on your show. Yeah. Well, most people don't perceive that part of me. You know, I come across as, being very shy you know this gentle kind sort of person which I like to think I am but there's a flip side that that is just crazy and zany and and ridiculous I guess that's just a good balance right a hundred percent definitely what was we were when we were talking about I was kind of thinking about this as you were speaking about when you were speaking about you know people who are maybe in their earlier years of life and they're really stuck in the situation of thinking that they should do what they're being kind of told by other people um because I've I know quite a lot of people in my life who you know have went on from when we left school and they had to you know they had to go to university they had to do this type of job and they hated it and they didn't want to do it and they they were maybe had like creative abilities and they wanted to do something more creative like go into art but they get told you know there's no money in that you can't do that so they have to follow the route of where the money is instead of following their passion and purpose what Mm -hmm. you say to people who are maybe listening who are stuck maybe in that situation right now of trying to decide whether to listen to the people who are telling them that or following what they truly want to do well I think if it's something that you truly want to do that will never leave you it will always be there it will constantly nudge you and I think if you look deep into your heart and into your soul and even if you're young you know what's yearning and what's burning you absolutely know and to pay attention to that and I would say to pursue whatever that is when you're young and the money will come and if the money doesn't come at least you have tried to do that and you can put it to rest and you can put it to peace 
But if you don't ever do it and you're constantly snuffing it out and snuffing it out, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. And so you will reach a point of living a life with regret or you're going to have to make a huge change later on in your life. And it's never too late. I would honestly say it is never, ever, ever too late. Yeah. If you want to change something, change it. And I love how it kept coming back for you. You always had the thoughts and, you know, opportunities kept coming, even though it wasn't the right time for you to pursue them, to pursue it at that point, but it kept coming back. Like it's the universe just nudging you to say like this. That's right. And the universe doesn't give up on you. It doesn't give it, it you know, and you just have to pay attention mm-hmm. and you have to be open. And if you're closed minded and you just turn a blind eye, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You need to listen. What's the uh, quote? The universe falls in love with a stubborn heart. <laughs> yes, that's, that's true. Absolutely. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for spending your time with us. Also, thank you for, you know, not being too surprised when you saw me and Sam uh, hiding (laughs) away underneath our blankets. (laughs) Hey, I don't know. Maybe that's just the creative uh, venue that you need to, to, to get into your space. So I have no judgment. Yeah, you know we're we're like twenties, thirties, and we're still not too old to make a den. So you know, never too old. I was I'm ready to jump right in there with you. It looks it looks inviting. Yes, it's really great. I feel yes, so yes. I don't want to get out. <laughs> right. Well, um, thank you so much again. And what we'll do is we will um, make sure that we can pop how we can contact you on our show notes um but if anyone's listening how can they find you where can they find you oh i am barbie holmes it's all one word and no caps a lowercase uh and instagram and the same on facebook barbie holmes amazing that's it oh yeah i if i could just real briefly talk about an event that's coming up that's near and dear to my heart just before we wrap Okay, well, um, at Midlife, of course, I've been surrounded by a tribe of women who have really been instrumental in catapulting me to my best, the best version of myself. And it's a group of ladies, Midlife ladies, called the uh, Forever Fierce Revolution. And there is a big event in Los Angeles coming up on the 19th, 20th, and 21st of October at Redondo Beach. We have a beautiful venue just by the beach. And it is going to be a weekend of um, inspiring and rewiring our brains to um, launch ourselves onto, you know, what, what is next for us or to, to continue to hone those things that we've come to terms with at, at this point in our life. So it's a weekend. There's going to be a gala event, a dancing, a beautiful dinner, uh, pop-up uh, photo shops. And then we have these beachside chats where women are going to sit in um, roundtable discussions with makers and shakers of midlife women who have a presence on Instagram and social media. So they're coming from all over the world. We have New Zealand, the UK, all parts of America um, uh, coming to speak at this um, this event. It's not a, con- a convention, it's a connection. And the point is to to connect with one another, to, to form long-lasting relationships and friendships. And from that, you know, it may launch a career. It may um, help you in your business. Of course, there's all that that type of networking going on as well. There's going to be a professional photo shoot. There's going to be a beautiful luncheon. We're going to a comedy club. We're going to have bonfires down on the beach. It's going to be fabulous. So if there's any ladies in the Los Angeles area who are wanting to join up on this fabulous opportunity, we'd love to have you. There's also an opportunity to just pop in and, and sort of pay and come as you go and w- to attend whatever sessions you would like. Yeah, so it's going to be fabulous. Sounds amazing. That sounds like so good. <laughs> Sam, you're in LA too too early. You should have stayed. Was she was she in Los Angeles and I didn't know it. <laughs> About two and a half weeks ago now. <laughs> oh wow. So you got some nice weather while you were here. Oh yes. It was amazing. <laughs> I was just 
very jealous sat at home in rainy England. Yes. Yeah. I would love to live somewhere like Los Angeles. It's just perfect. It is. It's, it's, it's very nice. It it was a hot summer. So we're always pleased when the edge comes off of the heat and we roll into very, you know, just the the winters are so beautiful. They're so beautiful. Well, if you ever want to experience cold and rainy, you're welcome over to England or Scotland. (laughs) Anytime, anytime. You know, I, I'm hoping I can get to London next summer to, um, Mel's, uh, summit. She's doing another summit. Um, yeah, yeah, I missed this year. I just couldn't get to it. It was just, just busy and it wasn't going to line up. So I'm, it's on my list for next year. Amazing. You'll have fun. It was, I went this year and it was really good. Oh, wonderful. Really good fun. Amazing. I I was, I was having, what is it? FOMO? I was having what? Fear of missing out. Yeah. I was, I saw the Instagram and Facebook stuff, but it was killing me. So I don't want to miss it next year. (laughs) Well, we might meet you there. That'd be fabulous. That'd be wonderful. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we will, um, make sure that we pop uh, how people can find you and a bit about the um, your your event that you're having, you're hosting. Um, or, sorry, are you hosting it or appearing on it? Appearing at it. I am um, helping host, actually, and I'm on the event committee. I'm not a speaker this year. Um, one of the gals said, you should do it, Barbie. And I thought, I'm not quite ready for that yet. So maybe that's the next thing that will happen. Yeah. Maybe See? that's the next yeah. thing. Yeah, well, hey, you girls gave me an opportunity to to uh, tell my story, so you might have started something. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it, and I I I really um, admire all of the outreach that you have to your tribe and all the good work you're doing. Keep it up. Right. I'm gonna go and have some dinner now <laughs> yes i know yes these girls are eight hours ahead of me it's just after noon here so um most of the day left for me well you take care and thank you again for reaching out i really appreciate it Bye. thank you so much have a lovely day yes you too take care bye-bye bye if you love being part of the tribe make sure you subscribe to our podcast and leave a comment or leave a five-star review and we will be back for you next week for more Tribe Talk.